In uh, 2003, I sat my dad down uh, at, at a coffee shop and I'd been his worship leader and kind of his heir apparent for years. And I said, Dad, I think God's telling me it's time to leave our church. And Dad stood up from the table and went to the restroom for about 10 or 15 minutes and came back. His face was ready, just sobbing because uh, I just broke his heart and I just broke his dream. Because he always wanted to pass his church on to his son so that the legacy would would be secured. And I knew that what I was doing was right. And also I knew that what I was doing was so painful. Um, and I've never regretted that decision. I mean, Westwinds, I've been with you since 2005. I love you. You're the best church in the world. And of course, currently I'm on sabbatical, you know, so it'll be a couple more weeks before I'm, I'm back in the saddle. But, uh, but I'm looking forward to it already. And... Um, and my dad, I just, I just kept praying for my dad that my dad would find some, um, somebody else, and he did. And it's our guest speaker today, whose name is Steve McDonald. No relation. He spells his name differently than than uh, we do ours. But I think God has a funny sense of of, of comedic irony. That dad was hoping to go from Gordon McDonald to David McDonald, and instead he went from Gordon McDonald to Steve MacDonald. Um, and so for 10 years, Steve worked with my father as his right-hand man, and they they together put to, put put forth the the most successful senior pastor generational transition I've ever heard of. I've ever heard of. Usually, when a long-term pastor leaves, there's chaos. Usually when a long-term pastor passes the baton to a young pastor, it's a, it's a disaster. Usually the numbers of the church tank, usually there's strife and division, old versus new, young versus old, but, but not with dad and not with Steve. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, it's because of Steve's character. Steve was good to my father. Steve was good to my mother. He still is. Steve was a loving and devoted adopted son to them. And uh, I, I cannot feel a higher sense of honor for another person. I cannot feel more admiration or want better things for anybody than I want for Steve McDonald and the church back home that has since exploded. So I, I want you to know when you listen to Steve today, you're listening to somebody that I would do anything for. I would do anything for. Because he had all kinds of opportunities like everybody does to run his mouth or to sow discord, and he didn't. He's a man of character, he's a man of integrity, and because of that, I believe he's a man of the future. And God's got his hand on Steve's life and on that church to continually pull them up into greater and greater things. So um, welcome my, my adopted brother, Steve McDonald. Good morning, West Winds. My name is Steve McDonald, and I pastor Calvary Church here in beautiful Surrey, British Columbia, Canada. It's so great to be with all of you today. Kind of feel like I'm speaking to extended family, which is a good thing to feel at home. You know, I believe the local church is the hope of the world, and it's an important part of God's incredible rescue plan that he has for each and every one of us. And I love your heart. I love how you follow after him and you build his church and you creatively find ways to help and heal the world. Now, we have a unique connection to your pastor. Because as he was answering the call of God on his life and leaving the pastoral team here at Calvary Church to move his family all the way to Michigan to be with all of you wonderful people, 
we were also moving our family from eastern Canada to join the team here at the church here in the West. The church that his father, Pastor Gordon McDonald, was leading at the time. Now, if we fast forward 10 years from that time, after his dad retired as senior pastor here at Calvary, I was blessed to have the opportunity to step into the lead role as our story continues to unfold. The last time we were all together in person was at Dave's father's memorial last year, as we gathered to honor the life of such a a great man and to celebrate a, a ministry legacy that continues on through our church and through his family. Dave's dad and mom are really legends of the faith here and we're forever thankful for their obedience and their faithfulness in leading and loving our church so well over the years. But you know what? We're also very excited for you guys and what God continues to do with all of you there at, at Westwinds and the Chapter House. I've already had a, a great experience at one of the online cohorts for pastors that took place last year. And someday, when all the COVID crazy is over, I look forward to coming and visiting with you in person. We love you, Dave and Carmel, and we're believing for all that God has for you next. And there's always an exciting next. Today, I want to talk to you about something that, that I think most of us hope to find in our lives, something that, despite our best efforts, sometimes still seems to elude us. And that's finding balance, keeping the priorities of living healthy, balanced life with God, with family, with work, with health. It's a, it's a massive challenge. And I think we're all susceptible to compartmentalization and overindulgence. Uh, so as Christ followers, I think we should be diligent. We need to be diligent finding the rhythm that, that God has intended for us. In 3 John, first chapter, verse 2, it says, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you, that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. See, John is talking about balance. And that's really my heart. That's my, my prayer for all of you as we walk through today's teaching together and our devotions this week. It's, it's that. It's the believing you can find that balance. You know, many years ago, my wife Susan and I, we answered the call of God to move to Toronto from eastern Canada and to plant a brand new church. Honestly, it was just exciting and terrifying all at the same time. We sold our house, we packed up our lives in this massive moving truck, and we set out on a new adventure. And we hit the ground running, literally, with our two young boys. Susan started a new job teaching at a a Christian school in the area. And I was busy running my own graphic design studio while we both pastored this new church with very little support. We started with just our family. We didn't know what we know now about church planting. And it's likely good that we didn't because in those days we just thought, man, anything is possible. We're living the dream, baby. Like it was exciting. But soon the realities of what we had taken on became very real. Finding the balance between God and family and work was becoming increasingly difficult. And we weren't always feeling on the winning side of it all. I set up a home office for my design studio that also doubled for a church office. And so we had a phone that had three different rings, three distinct rings. One ring was just for our family. Two rings was for my business. 
and three rings was for our church. And so each of these rings represented kind of a different hat that I wore with all its responsibilities. And so as the days wore on, I was really fighting to keep my head above water. I was desperately trying to find the balance between all of those things. One day I was speaking with a a large client, a new client who I was designing a corporate identity program for, and I was trying to arrange a time with him to make a presentation to their board of directors. And between these calls back and forth were also personal calls that were coming in from our boys' school and calls that were also coming in from our new church members that, that, that had urgent requests and they needed ministry. And so ring, hello, McDonald residence. Ring, ring, McDonald Design and Creative, how can I help you? And then ring, 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 Center of Hope, Pastor Steve here. And so in the melee and the confusion of trying to wear too many hats, after finishing a call with one of our families of our church and trying to help them through a difficult time, I, I ended the call by saying, all right, I love you, I'll see you on Sunday. And then I quickly moved for, to the next call, which was my new corporate client. And I told him as I hung up, all right, love you. <laughs> and then I realized what I did. I called him back immediately to explain, and I could already hear him laughing on the other end of the phone. He says, well, that's a first for me. You know, I realized at that moment that there had to be a better way. I desperately needed to find some, some balance or it was going to end poorly. And honestly, that was starting to, to worry me. You know, in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus drives home an important point about our concerns. That instead of worrying, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first. Jesus is talking about priorities here. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added in a balance to you as well. Jesus was talking about our priorities. You know, this past year has been emotionally described to, to me in many different ways by countless people, some with more colorful language than others, so I'll spare you some of that. But some people said, well, last year was a train wreck. It was a, an absolute gong show. It was a complete write-off. What a disappointment disappointment. What a, a heartbreaking year. It was unexpected. It was unprecedented. It was a year of fear. You know what? None of these descriptions seemed to hold any kind of redeemable qualities. There was no silver lining. Most people would rather forget it even happened. And although some of those things may be true, what we experienced during that time has also been very revealing, which can be a very valuable quality. You see, times of crisis can reveal our priorities. Sometimes it isn't pretty. It's hard to look at. It's hard to accept. And in our efforts to bring balance to our lives, it's also easy, I think, to reduce our faith to an equal measure with everything else. I think balance is often misunderstood as, as making all things equal and giving equal weight to everything. But we know that that wasn't what Jesus was teaching at the Sermon on the Mount. What he was saying was seek first the kingdom. Clearly, he was setting that priority. You see, if we desire balance in the areas of family and work and health, we must seek God first. So the call today is to get our priorities in order by putting God first in our lives. And in order to discover balance in our lives, we, we actually need to first be unbalanced in our devotion to him. 
Because absolutely nothing else compares in weight or importance. It's what I call the dynamic of unbalanced balance. God wants us to be totally unbalanced when it comes to how we love him. He wants nothing in our lives to even come close to our worship of him. Seek first the kingdom. Seek the rule and the the reign of Christ on the throne of your heart. See, this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom that he's calling us to to come to. Seek to know Christ and, and to know his will for your life and then to obey it. Think as human beings in an effort to, to find balance in our lives, we, we try to stick him in a little box. And then we try to balance him with all the other little boxes that we have floating around in our lives. Some people put everything imaginable before God. And although it seems to work for a while, eventually it all crashes and burns. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says, There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. You see, anything that's not adding to your spiritual growth is ultimately hindering it, and it's affecting your relationship with God and his purpose, all the things he's called you to do. So it's not enough to just seek God. We need to seek him first, and first means first. So how do we do that? I think it sounds elementary sometimes when we say that that our faith is developed through time spent in his word and through worship and through prayer. And yet we often still in those things fail to find the daily rhythm that he created us for. Life can be uncertain. Our time is short. So we, we need to attend to the matter of making God first, the first priority in our lives, to make that a matter of urgency. And until we put him first in our lives, we'll never be satisfied. Whether it's material gain, the pursuit of knowledge, new relationships, or even great ministry exploits, we will still be empty and find ourselves always needing more. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. We will never realize the, the full reward of obedience and balance until we put him first. And if you're a Christ follower, God obviously comes first. He's the, the ultimate priority in our lives. Until he's first, everything else will seem out of kilter or, or out of balance. Now, on a practical level for me, I try to read the, the Bible first thing in the morning. It doesn't always work, but I try. You know what? I want to get a divine perspective on things at the beginning of the day. I also pray in the morning on my way to the office. In addition to that, I'm praying at various points throughout the day, and as soon as the the lights get knocked out and I lay my head on that that pillow at night and I go to sleep, when I can quiet my mind and I can breathe, I pray again. And you know what? Those prayers are rarely formal. Most of the time it's just an ongoing conversation. All of this time is outside of the time I spend studying God's Word and preparing to minister each week. But if I don't set my schedule and seek the kingdom first, my schedule will set me. And then I run out of time. It happens every time. I believe one of the greatest challenges that we face in our life is finding that balance uh, between our calling and how we live our life. 
And if you think of a person on a tightrope, there's never a point when they just relax and kind of glide across the, the, the tightrope effortlessly. Balance requires continual effort, focus. Have you ever noticed how somehow Jesus balanced it all? I'm sure he had demands of work, of ministry. I'm sure he was exhausted at times, physically, mentally, spiritually. Yet somehow he found time to get it all done. Jesus perfectly balanced the demands of life with the same 24 hours in a day that you and I have. The life of Jesus, it reveals a number of practical ways to pursue balance in our life as Christ followers. Everything the Father expected of Jesus, he completed. Everything. Just look at his words. In John 17, verse 4, this is his words, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. The opportunities that Jesus faced every day when he walked the earth were immense. More urgent uh, needs than, than most of us will ever face in a lifetime. And yet somehow, Jesus from time to time walked away from many of those moments. Let me give you two ways that, that you can find balance in your life as you seek God first, that were modeled first by Jesus. The first one is look to God, not to others to determine your priorities. This one I learned probably the hard way in our early days of church planting. I was trying to be everything to everybody all the time. And I was missing God in the midst of it completely. I'm not omnipresent, even though I tried. See, I was so busy doing the work of God that I was missing the God of the work. It was affecting my marriage. It was affecting our family. It was affecting my health. But out of all of those things came a profound appreciation and understanding of ministering and working with other people, with a team. See, Jesus determined his priorities by spending time with his Father. So let's look at Mark's gospel. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 35 to 38. Interesting moment. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, not a personal fan of early morning darkness, the Bible says Jesus got up, left the house, and he went off to a solitary place, to an isolated or secluded place where the Bible says he prayed. And then it goes on to say that Simon and his companions went to look for him, and they kind of arrived in a bit of a panic. And they said to him, everyone is looking for you. It kind of sounds like a day at the office for me. But then Jesus replied, I love his reply, you know what, let's go somewhere else. Let's go to the nearby village so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. How could Jesus walk away from needs that, that only he could meet? Because the Father had different priorities for Jesus than simply a healing ministry. See, the healing, it, it balanced his teaching, but there was more that he had been sent to do. And even though the people would have probably preferred that Jesus choose differently, he determined instead to please the Father. And because of it, he was often misunderstood. We know he was rejected. He was crucified. Yet in the end, he succeeded in the mission that he was sent to accomplish. God's priorities for, for you and people's expectations of you will seldom come into alignment. Second thing we need to know is we need to say no 
Say no so that you can say yes. Honestly, this is one that I'm still learning. It's not easy. Jesus said no so that he could say yes to what was most important. It's only by gleaning our priorities from Scripture that we'll be able to make confident decisions in the midst of overwhelming demands. I've been practicing this one time and time again through the, the crisis we've just come through. You know, we can choose many good things and still in the end be missing the best things, the essential priorities like marriage and family. What does it profit you to, to win the whole world and lose your own life or to lose your family? See, don't fall for the lie that says a real Christ follower should never say no to legitimate needs. See, only when we know what to say yes to can we say no to everything else, like Jesus did. I heard someone say that balance is, is like a pendulum. It's that brief moment in the middle when you're swinging from one extreme to the other. It's that sweet spot that God can help you to achieve. An important part of our pursuit of balance is the understanding that it's never perfectly achieved. The pursuit of balance is the goal. So don't be frustrated by the, the constant effort that it requires. The balance we desire in the, the priorities of family and work and health will only be added to our life when we seek God first with unbalanced devotion and love. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today for the balance that's only found in knowing you. Help us to say no to some things so that we can say yes to the best things in our lives. Help us to turn to you for, for setting priorities within our lives and not be trying to please people all the time. Lord Jesus, I thank you today for West Winds Church. I pray a special blessing upon them and their leaders. Thank you for Pastor Dave and Carmel and for all that you're doing and will continue to do. And Lord, we're excited to know that, that the best is still to come. But that Lord, as we step into what's next, we will step into it with a balance. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God's best to every one of you. We look forward to you joining me this week for our daily devotions that we're gonna have. We're really looking forward to it. And I'm praying for you, praying for your church and believing for the best.